Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there. So much to get to. There's a new poll out that says more than half of Americans have less money than a year ago. Uh, you have Mike Pence talking trash to Donald Trump in a roundabout <laughs> way. Uh, we will start with this police action shooting on the south side this morning, 10 a.m., involving the Indiana State Police. This happened near the intersection of Sundance Drive and McFarland which is by East Southport Road, right there by 65. Just after 10 o'clock today, state troopers came across a guy who was wanted for several warrants, and they found him staying at the nearby Quality Inn and Suites. So they were trying to... Five-star hotel, right? (laughs) Right. They were trying to apprehend this guy, and the suspect then tried to make a run for it. There was gunfire. Whoa. Luckily, no officers were injured. Uh, This is the press conference that the Indiana State Police did. This morning, just after 10 a.m., uh, troopers encountered a, a, an adult male who was wanted on several warrants. Uh, that male fled from them uh, and eventually led to, to an encounter, uh, led to gunfire. Uh, the suspect was injured uh, in the exchange of gunfire. Uh, he was transported to an area hospital in stable condition. Uh, no officers were involved. Uh, everybody uh, is accounted for and in custody at this time. So uh, there's no risk to the public uh, right now. Uh, so this is an ongoing, very active investigation, and we'll have more details here in a little bit. That was our uh, buddy, Sergeant John Perrine from the Indiana State Police. Good. Glad nobody was, uh, at least none of the uh, officers were hurt, and uh, I could care less about the guy that tried to make a run for it. Right. The thing is, here's what's frustrating. Let's say that this scumbag got hit by gunfire and succumbed to his wounds. Now, precedence has been set, not only in Indiana, but around the country. His family could probably try to get some sort of settlement because it wasn't that long ago we were talking about Drayshawn Reed's family. And I know the IMPD is separate than the Indiana State Police, but this was a guy that was firing his weapon outside of his window on one video in a streamed police chase, firing shots, trying to kill IMPD officers. He ends up getting killed, and now his family is getting a $300,000 settlement. Crime pays, man. Crime pays. It's it's good to be a criminal. You know, look, you either uh, go out in a blaze of glory and your family will get a bunch of money, or... Hopefully you'll be uh, you'll be injured by uh, a police action shooting and collect a bunch of money for yourself. The amount of attacks we're seeing on officers right now is pretty staggering. Whether it's shootings, whether it's you know somebody trying to ram them with their vehicles, there's a number of things happening, and for the large part, it goes unreported. You know, the only time you really hear TV stations and things like that talk about uh, police officers in the line of duty is if they get shot and killed. But every single day, man, it feels like there's some punk out there, some pain in the backside that wants to go down in a blaze of glory, like you said earlier. Did you guys talk about last week, the guy that was ramming police officers and um, has gotten sweetheart deals? 
Like like taking his car has a history of taking his car and ramming IMPD officers with it. You mean there was a sweetheart deal for a serious violent felon in Marion County? <laughs> this is my shocked face Shocker. right here, Nige. Um, let's get into this poll here. According to a new poll, more than half of Americans have less money than they had a year ago. Inflation has left the majority of Americans with less money in their pocket. According to this poll that was done by Fox News, 57% say they have less money than they did in February of just last year. Wait, that's not right, because wage gains, Hammer, wage gains, right? Wage gains are increasing in this country. How can this be? Well, maybe, and I'm just spitballing here, <laughs> is that the old buffoon in office has no handle on inflation, and the inflation, oh, yeah. like Hulkamania circa 1985, it's running wild, brother. <laughs> inflation outpacing wage gains is what you're saying. Correct. Negating them, making them, uh, you know, no difference right. whatsoever. So if you got a slight raise from your job this past year, let's say you got, you know, a little bit extra cash for doing good work. It's like you didn't get anything at all, or you're even getting a pay cut because of the cost of everything that's around you right now. Uh, in this poll, 31% say eh, it's about the same from a year ago. And the same poll found that 66% of voters disapprove of how President Applesauce Brains has been handling the economy. <laughs> 66. Yeah. I, I, do you feel like, here's what I feel like I feel like I'm spending more. That's that's what I've noticed. For the same things. For the exact same things. From gas to eggs to, uh, you know, vacations. Right. You are spending a ton more than you previously did. And it's not even close, really. It's not. Look at your grocery cart and compare it to a year or even two years ago. Look at the amount of groceries that you bought and now what it I'll costs. I'll give you a perfect example. Lunch meat at the deli. I used to, I could go in there and buy a pound of turkey or a pound of you know sliced chicken breasts a pound for seven bucks that's doubled. I, I just noticed it the other day. It's like fourteen dollars for a pound, a pound and a half of of lunch meat from the deli. Ridiculous. I mean, fourteen dollars I paid. I, I like I don't know if we bought the high end stuff or the generic stuff or maybe the, the there's a lower end. A uh, brand I could have bought. I don't know. I really don't know. The, don't pay attention to that. Kind but it's of the stuff thing. that but, you've but, always but, bought. But yes, of course. So, according to this report from Fidelity Savings, retirees lost 23% of their See. 401k in this past year alone. That, now that that sucks. That worries me. And you know, I think any financial analyst or advisor would probably tell you just no, stick with four hundred one k. It's going to bounce back. It'll bounce back eventually. And man, there's just something about you know, we had to switch our four hundred one k's when the company, when the new company took over this radio. Station. I haven't done it yet, which my wife would probably strangle me for now. But I don't know, man. It's, you know, dipping my toes into those kinds of waters where I'm seeing money actually disappear out of my 401k. You'd be better off just betting on sports at this point. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. <laughs> okay, <laughs> most of us would be better off betting on sports. Now, we joke all the time that this is the chair Mike Pence used to sit in, right? Yeah, it's kind yeah. of an ongoing gag yeah, yeah, we have on this show. A show on Network Indiana, for sure. So, Mike Pence, former midday guy here in this very studio, he did an interview with NBC. 
Now, why these conservatives continue to do interviews with NBC, Washington Post, New York Times, I have no idea, but he did one anyway. He didn't do it from this studio, did he? No, no, no. But why would you talk to these people who hate everything about you? Well, Trump is notorious for walking in because he wants to be liked by everybody. And look what happened. (laughs) Every time he'd speak with them, it was something bad. Uh, So Pence did this interview with NBC and kind of threw Donald Trump under the bus. I think the times call for different leadership. And I'm confident we'll have better choices. Are you and you're thinking my, about being one than my old running mate uh, come 2024? Because I have you talked to him lately? I I I, I have not. <laughs> that's uh, as close as you're going to get to hell no from Mike Pence yeah, right there. That's I mean, as close as you're going to get. That's as close as you're going to get to any sort of negative um, aggressiveness out of Mike Pence, which maybe it's time for him to be a little more aggressive. Uh, when asked those kinds of questions. Yeah, hell no. I, I haven't talked to Trump. Why would I talk to Trump? I want to see he's, aggressive pets. Yeah, I do too. I don't know. Does he have a leather jacket like. on? <laughs> 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 he's got like the Terminator glasses on and he walks up, sleeveless shirt, <laughs> a fake airbrushed hat. He's got barbed wire around his bicep. Oh, <laughs> uh, wow. Did you watch all the Indiana-Purdue game on Saturday? Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, I had some family over, kids running around and... Uh, and uh, had a bunch of beer and uh, smash burgers. Oh, smash solid. burgers on the Blackstone, baby! Solid. Yeah. Uh, despite the loss to the Hoosiers, the new polls are out. Purdue remains at number five in the country. Indiana up to number fifteen. Well, were they seventeen? They were seventeen. They lost yeah. the game, but then they won a game. Uh, so they swept Purdue. They swept Purdue, and this is the final closing call from Don Fisher, and then you'll hear from Coach Woodson in the locker room. Galloway brings it up. Now to Miller Cop. They'll bring him it up. Indiana's going to win it. And they have won it. Indiana beats the Purdue Boilermakers. The final count here tonight 79 to 71. We've done something that hadn't been done here in a long time, man. But this is behind us now. Yeah, you can celebrate the night on the way home. I get it. We got to go home and finish our last two games at home. You got that. We can't. Hey, listen, you cannot go home and not validate what you did tonight. You understand that? All right, here we go. Be humble. Hey, And that's a total coach move right there. Yeah, it's great. We just beat Purdue, but we got Iowa Tuesday night. <laughs> it's a trap game. A game you can hear right here at 93 WIBC. You set them up and I'll knock them back, Lloyd. One by one. We are going to read Booze News because it's really fun. Once it hits your lips, it's so good. To present. Booze News, Booze News. Deal. <laughs> this dude, this lawmaker in Florida. I love this platform. He's pushing to repeal a law that states that you are not allowed to purchase a bottle of wine that is over one gallon. Who the hell do they think they are telling me how much wine I can drink? There is a law in Florida that says not allowed to buy wine if it's over a gallon. I didn't even know they made gallon wine. 
Did and you? Of, of all states, though, why is Florida yeah. concerned about that? Yeah, I love Florida's beer laws. Like, I would go to Florida, and you, you know, like if you have a, a clerk that's checking you out at the grocery sta- at the grocery store, but it's he's under twenty one or eighteen in this store in this in this state, you have to have the manager come in, and he has to put the booze through the scanner because the under twenty one person can't touch it because it's osmosis of alcohol yeah. might seep into his veins if he touches it. I mean, this kid, this kid that was checking out in florida when i was there last year had like barely a pube mustache i mean it's like he's like 15 <laughs> years old and he's checking out all this stuff. but anyway florida state rep his name's chip 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 i sure as hell am chip i love the way they're talking to you um <laughs> Ch- states i'm just gonna call him chip here is florida state rep chip talking about <laughs> why he thinks it would be a good idea to get rid of this rule if you purchase or import into the state of florida a larger than one gallon uh, bottle of wine it's a uh a misdemeanor in the first go around if you get caught the second time it is a third degree felony so punishable by fines and possibly jail time to buy a bottle of wine so we think that's kind of ridiculous people have better things to do with their time and certainly our men and women in in blue have a lot better things to do with their time so I think we uh, should just repeal this bad law and allow people to buy a very large bottles of wine (laughs) (laughs) I vote for Chip State Red Chip would come at you like a spider monkey (laughs) uh so yeah, I mean, it becomes like what do you, what do you say a misdemeanor than a felony or something like that? So do they sell bottles of wine in Florida that are a gallon, and then if you buy it, you go to jail? I didn't understand. I guess there, I, I, I didn't really understand the reasoning. So are there uh, bottles of wine available that are a gallon? I've never heard of a gallon of wine. I've heard of a big box of wine. I've heard boxes of wine. I mean, like, usually when you go to the liquor store, you're buying, like, a half gallon uh, or a handle right. of, of, of you know, Jack or or rum or whatever. But not. I, I don't think I've heard that there was gallons, like a milk. Maybe they get a handle on the meth and cocaine first <laughs> yeah. before well, they start worrying that. about the wine problem in Florida. There's that. But I like this guy. I like Representative Chip. <laughs> Bring the heat! Miss <laughs> uh, Allison, did you work on the Home and Garden show this past Saturday with the guys? I did. I was actually behind the board. So I started getting text messages about Pat Sullivan burping on the air. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, I knew exactly what you're talking about, and I clipped it because I knew maybe you guys would want it. (laughs) So I guess somebody had called in, and it was about somebody's dead iguana, (laughs) and then I don't know how it gets to this point, but here's Pat Sullivan on the air during the Home and Garden show. I find myself now when people bring... Excuse me. Holy smokes. That's those those are, are covered nuts, those are, are covered coming nuts coming up. Nuts are coming up for that one. Woo. Good lord. What do they say about nuts? Can so, you give us some context behind that? <laughs> yes. Look, first of all, I'm the last one to get on anybody about any sort of bodily function they do live on the air because I've puked twice when I was live on the air. <laughs> so I can't really uh, besmirch uh, Pat Sullivan for belching. But then the it, it was of- National like Covered Nut Day or something, so yeah. we had a whole bunch of different nuts to try. <laughs> <laughs> so he was blaming it on the nuts. But, but the uh, original call was about somebody's dead pet. Yeah. <laughs> Next uh, thing you know, you got Pat burping in uh-huh, their face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Condolences. Play it one more time. I find myself now when people bring... Excuse me. Holy smokes. We've all done that, haven't we? I don't know. I think it's time for great moments in burp history. Who could forget the world-famous belching contest that took place on the campus of Adams College? And from the Lambda Moo team, Dudley Dawson. Booger. 
Booger. <laughs> Classic scene. Classic. A clip that we've played from time to time here is when talk show host Wendy Wilson was talking on her show. Wendy Williams. Wendy Williams. Yeah. And she had a burp and a <laughs> fart. And she probably got five new boyfriends. We haven't caught anybody coming out of the house yet, but just a matter of time. She's not lonely. Yeah. <laughs> I apologize. I apologize. It's an audible gasp in the audience. Oh. Uh, now, on the heels of that... Kevin James in the movie Grown Ups 2 with the burp snart. You gotta teach me how you do that. A burp snart? Yeah, it's simple. It's how you, you, you just start with a burp, then you sniff or a sneeze, you get that going, and that triggers a fart. Always. <laughs> <laughs> Wendy Williams almost gave us a burp yeah, snart. That's what that was, I thought. And here's the 911 <laughs> call where some guy called 22 times and just burped. Cash Race Emergency. <laughs> yes, hi. I, I mean, obviously, I know what you're doing, but you, you did this. You, you were doing this the other day. Hello. Great moments in burp history. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The only way to bag a classy lady is to give her two tickets to the gun show. It's Monday Gun Day with the gun guy. Just watch out for the guns. They'll get you. Stop calling your arms guns. The Hammer and Nigel Show, 93 WIBC. Nigel, Jason Hammer is here. Guy Relford, the gun guy, joining us live in studio. Licensed firearms instructor, Second Amendment attorney, and host of the Gun Guys Show. How are you, guy? Man, I'm great. And thanks, as always, to our sponsor, Fort Liberty Firearms in Avon. Great place to buy firearms, ammunition, or accessories. Check them out at 8401 East Highway 36 or at FortLibertyFirearms.com. Hammer, where do you want to start first? You want to start with this Alabama basketball situation or the... The Biden thing. Which Let's start with Alabama basketball, because this is a story that's not only on ESPN, but it's on like national news, too. So the Cliff's Notes version of what happened was that an Alabama basketball player, not the star player, but a player, he murders a woman. Right. Just that's what we that happened. Well, now we're finding out more information that he had texted a teammate and said, bring me my gun. Now, that teammate happened to be the star player on Alabama's team. And he's still allowed to play basketball. So while one guy is in jail facing a murder charge, the guy that brought the gun to him to the crime scene. That was his gun. Is Whose now, gun was it? It was the The shooter. The, the shooter's shooter? gun. Okay. He texted his buddy and said, hey, bring me my gun. And this was like at one in the morning. <sighs> so teammate brings him his gun, and that's the gun ultimately used to kill a woman. So I'm hearing a lot of different stuff, Guy, and I'm going to play a soundbite from you for you. This is Jay Billis. He's a commentator on ESPN, but he's also attorney talking about whether or not the kid that brought the gun should still be allowed to play basketball. Brandon Miller has rights. And I believe... 
believe that Alabama has a duty to protect those rights or at least not compromise those rights. And given they know him better than we do, he has cooperated fully, uh, according to his attorney, with authorities. And, and to me, I think Alabama has gone through this process and handled it appropriately. Now, reasonable minds can differ with that. Maybe one school might handle this differently, but I have no quarrel with the way Alabama's handled it. Yeah, interesting, interesting case, because here's how the law works. And again, I'm not an Alabama attorney, but, but let's use Indiana law. The, the only way that there can be a viable charge, a criminal charge, against the player who brought the gun to the other guy is going to be based on, on his knowledge and his intent in the whole process. In other words, if he knew he was delivering a gun, and, and, and that's what we call a transfer. If it's in your possession and you transfer possession to somebody else, that's a transfer. If you transfer a gun with knowledge the other person intends to commit a crime with it, that's a crime. Mm. In addition, if if you agree with someone to help them to commit a crime, any crime, including murder, that's conspiracy. And you can be charged with the murder right along with the, with the person who actually pulled the trigger under conspiracy. But that's all based on knowledge of what's going on and an agreement with the person um, that actually pulled the trigger. So prosecutors look at this, and if they don't have any evidence that uh, that he knew the purpose for which the guy said, bring me my gun, which was to commit a crime, and don't have any, any evidence there's any kind of an agreement for, for him to assist the guy who's pulling the trigger at the end of the day, then they step back and say, all right, now the guy's just a witness for us, and, and, and he's not necessarily subject to being prosecuted. You know, Jay Beal is saying he has rights. Well, of course he has rights. I mean, that's why we have a constitution. Now, he has rights whether he's guilty of a crime or not, so you can't argue with that statement. Um, but to look at this and, 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 and to be, I think, a little bit cavalier about the fact that a guy delivered the gun that ultimately was used to murder someone, and people just kind of want to shrug their shoulders and, and and you know and not look at that as seriously as it might be looked at. That's um, a whole other question. And whether him transporting a gun to another guy who used it in a crime ought to be the subject of some discipline by the basketball team is a whole other question as well. Right. Because when I heard Jay Billis say he's got rights, well. Okay, illegally, sure, but there's no right to play college basketball. No, exactly right. Like if you're the coach and your teammate says, "I brought my teammate his gun at one o'clock in the morning," that's probably something that goes against the code of conduct of being a student athlete, right? Yeah. At the same time, the two A guy in me also says, "Wait a minute, what if this guy's being harassed by a bunch of people? What if he's being threatened? What if he fears for his life and he needs his gun to be able to defend himself? Calls his his buddy." his roommate, his teammate, and says, man, I need my gun because I'm being threatened. I, I, I could you know, get I, murdered myself this evening. Did he know the context of which the gun was being delivered? But see, he, that's the, know, that, he claims no. That, and that's the operative question, Nige. Yeah. That, that, the question you just asked is what's dispositive of this whole situation. It's what he knew, right, and his intent in delivering that gun. And, 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 and if all he knew was his, his friend and, and roommate and teammate was asking to deliver a gun, he could have considered that to be an innocent request based on the guy's you know, uh, desire to be able to protect himself, right? I can see somebody saying, hey, on your way over here, I forgot my gun. Can you, can you, can you bring my gun for, for me? I forgot it. Well, sure, you know, yeah, I, I'll bring I mean, there are times you know? when I go somewhere where I can't carry a gun. 
Um, and so that reason I have to leave my gun behind somewhere, whether in my vehicle, locked up in a safe or at home or whatever. Later on, I'm out somewhere where I can legally have a gun. Could, what, could I ever envision a scenario where I say, hey, man, uh, you know, you, I left my gun with you. Would you mind bringing me my gun? Hell, it, if I had to go to court today and I left my gun, say, with a, a, a friend at another law firm downtown because I was at his office and before I, I, I had to go to court, I said, man, I can't take my gun. I'd rather leave it here with you and, and you can put it in your safe. And then I leave court. I could easily say, hey, man, bring me my gun because I don't want to be without my gun after I leave the courthouse. Right. So I can see an innocent explanation for saying, hey, man, bring me my gun. But do you see the argument? Let's say you're the girl's father. Oh, yeah. And you're this the father. You're grieving. You've lost your daughter. She was shot dead and murdered. And the guy that brought the gun to the scene is out there having a fake pat down during the starting lineup yeah, before yeah, was, the game. Was that over the weekend? They were doing the starting lineups and, and one of his other teammates pretended to frisk the guy I gotta that tell brought you. the gun. Uh, That's sick. Yeah, that, I mean, mocking that whole thing. It, that, to me, is a whole separate discussion. And yes, that is repugnant to me. I cannot believe... They claim they've been they doing it that. all year long. And uh, I don't know if that's true or not, but does that make any difference? Here? I smell BS on that one. I, I don't know. I mean, the, and, and even if they've been doing yeah, it all year... If- the fact that this has happened, they're not actually smart enough to realize that might not be an appropriate thing to do after this guy's been involved with delivering a gun you know, to, that was used to, to murder an innocent young woman, that that might not be the smartest thing to do. You know, you're Alabama. What, they're still ranked in the top five. There were one or two last time right. I saw. And so, and so, so you know it's on te- television, and you're going to do a fake pat down <laughs> you know i mean I, that's the most repugnant thing and, 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 and you and i were texting on this and that's exactly what i said i said you know i'm i, I i've got kids i'm a, I'm a parent and a grandparent i'm imagining myself at that as at, as that young girl's dad and i see that fake pat down and it's a ha ha chuckle chuckle i'm livid at that point so you guys are both pacer fans we're all pacer fans in this room if this Alabama kid has no charges and he's available in the NBA drafts, because he's really good, he's a lottery player, would you want him on the Indiana Pacers? No, I keep an open mind on that, man. It's all about due process, right? Yeah, exactly. It's all about justice. Let it play out. Uh, because, again, there are innocent explanations for, hey, man, bring me my gun. If, if, if he didn't believe the guy he was delivering it to was, was um, you know, a, a prohibited possessor, not legally able to, to possess and carry a gun. Now, again, I, I mean, I, it was one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> right. Yeah, but, what, what did you think? Yeah. I, again, we have no context. There's we have no context. Yeah. And again, I mean, maybe it's just because I'm a, I'm a two a guy, but no, I'm also uh, at two, two in the morning, maybe, or one in the morning, whatever it is, maybe when I need my gun the most for, for a lawful and justified purpose. So I, I, I can't ascribe too many ill motives to that. Monday gun day with Guy Relford here on the hammer and Nigel show. You had sent me a story earlier today that the Biden administration trying to use clerical errors and I'm using air quotes there clerical errors to shut down some gun stores. Yeah, this is heartbreaking. And it's something I've been talking about for a while on my show. Uh, I think I've mentioned it here with you guys before, too, which is that um, the ATF, and and there's two parts of ATF. There's enforcement and there's industry operations. Enforcement, those are the guys who carry guns, guys and and, and ladies who carry guns who will come kick your door down and and arrest you and and, and do all the things they do uh, on the enforcement side. Then there's industry operations. And industry operations, these guys are, are, are 
or at least people, are the ones who come to gun stores. They do audits. They inspect your records. They make they make sure you're staying on the right side of the law and all the regulations and the incredible number of regulations um, that govern uh, folks who run gun stores. FFLs, we say, for Federal Firearms Licensees. And I've had gun store after gun store owner. You know, these, a lot of these people are my friends. These people I associate with, they're buddies of mine. And they've said, man, I've had in the last year, year and a half, a fundamental change in the industry operations people where it used to be they would come to me and they say, you know, my job is to make sure I'm helping you stay on the right side of the law. You know, if you're not doing something quite right in terms of how you maintain your paperwork or how you sign in documents, you know, my job is to, you know, be in here and facilitate you because obviously you're trying to be a, a, a lawful business and stay on the right side of all these different regulations. I'm here to help. In the last year and a half, it's my job's to try to tag you off base. My job is to come in here and catch you doing some minor, you know, error, committing some minor error in your paperwork or how you maintain your records wow. or whatever it is, so that I can turn around and say, you're no longer entitled to have a federal firearms license. We're shutting down your business. And I've, and they've had their, their agents. Because some of these times, they, they, they develop relationships. People come in and do periodic inspections. And some, they, some ATF industry operations guys are even saying, I don't want to do this job anymore because my bosses are telling me my job is to go out and find some excuse to shut down an otherwise lawful business. And, and, and that's exactly this report that I sent you, Jason, is saying that, uh, in fact, that's happening in record numbers. ATF is revoking FFLs uh, at a pace we've never seen before in history, and it's exactly that reason. It's because the Biden administration has declared war on lawful gun shops, and it's a, it's, a, it's a travesty, but it's happening every day in America right now. We're back with Guy Relford, the gun guy, joining us. Uh, get us up to date on what's happening at the Indiana State House in regards to some 2A bills. Well, we've had some disappointments in the sense that a bill I've talked to you guys about more than just during this session. I mean, it goes back the last three sessions. We've tried to get a bill through that, that says that if I'm defending my business or my other property other than my home, if I simply point a gun at someone uh, to prevent them from destroying my business, by way of example, that I shouldn't go to jail for a felony when someone you know is in the process yeah. of throwing a Molotov cocktail through the, the window of my business. They're not threatening me, but they're going to destroy my business is right. the point. Um, we, we can't get that a hearing, man. Representative Wendy McNamara, a Republican from Evansville, uh, who chairs the Courts and Criminal Code Committee in the House, just won't give us a hearing on that. So that's been a big, big disappointment. Have these people ever been business owners? Yeah, that's a question, isn't it? Yeah. But but then again, you know what? We're not giving up, man. That's the thing. Uh, that's one thing I've learned. Persistence pays. Just because we, we can't do it this year, we'll we'll keep going at it. Uh, if, we'll get more, if we need to get more aggressive about it, then we'll do who, that. Who is this person that's not giving it a hearing? Uh, Representative Wendy McNamara, uh, chairman of the Courts and Criminal Code Committee. And they don't really have to give you a a reason or no, like that. no, it just it's dies like, because it never gets a hearing. They either schedule for a hearing or they don't. Um, but uh, on the positive side, Jim Lucas's bill, uh, which is 1177, I believe, uh, is a, a, a teacher training bill, we call it. And what it says is that if a school board makes the decision to allow staff or teachers to have a gun in a school, and again, it's totally the prerogative of the school board, right? whether they make that decision or not, whether they want to go down that road or they don't. If they do, 
than what what this bill does. Uh, and Jim Lucas came on my show and talked about it at length. If anybody wants to check out that podcast, but what this does, it simply says, is the state has provided a standardized curriculum based on law enforcement training. And actually, by the way, has the same number of hours of firearms training that a law enforcement officer gets in order to become a sworn police officer. The state provides that standardized curriculum of training, which is really well done. I've been an instructor for um, over 25 years, and I was very impressed by this curriculum because it involves actor-shooter scenarios. It involves uh, field first aid. It's just all And this would be covered for the teachers. And it would be covered and the state will pay for it out of existing funds going um, into the educational system in Indiana. So it, it, it's not an increase in spending. And it's not a required thing. And like if no, you're no. somebody that doesn't want to do this, you don't have to. Absolutely not. It's purely voluntary for any any teacher who wants to be involved. Uh, they can be. And if their school board makes that decision. And, you know, it's, it's like any given bill. We, we're always fighting over it. It, it. People come in and portray the bill as, as, as saying something it doesn't say. This has nothing to do with taking the decision away from local school boards on whether they arm teachers or not. So if anybody wants to continue this conversation, where do they go? Sure, go to relfordlaw.com. It's the best way to get a hold of me, relfordlaw.com. Guy, you're the best. Thanks, guys. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. We're coming right back. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock! My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there. It's been a week for me. I was off work. I haven't had a COVID-19 update in a while. Let's do it, uh, Producer Allison, please. COVID-19. Oh, I swear that I mean at this moment. There are three vaccines. Three. China piss off. Now you've made the world cough. We're all nervous because of COVID-19. Are there three? Does Johnson & Johnson still a thing? Technically like, three, is, is, I believe. Is, is there a Novavax vaccine? I don't know. I'm not changing it again, though. The Wall Street Journal has a new report that states their sources from the United States Energy Department believe COVID was released from a lab in Wuhan. Oh, you don't say. Yeah, the FBI has said just as much. I mean, they have parallel investigations going on. I don't think anybody with a brain, half a brain, could probably tell you that this did not come from some wet market in China. CNN's Dana Bash asked National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan about a new report that states that this came from the lab and it wasn't from a bat. Here was his response. Well, Dana, there is a variety of views in the intelligence community. Some elements of the intelligence community have reached conclusions on one side, some on the other. A number of them have said they just don't have enough information to be sure. Here's what I can tell you. President Biden has directed repeatedly uh, every element of our intelligence community to put effort and resources behind getting to the bottom of this question. And one of the things in that Wall Street Journal report, uh, which I can't confirm or deny, but I will say the reference to the Department of Energy, President Biden specifically requested that the national labs, which are part of the Department of Energy, be brought into this assessment because he wants to put every tool 
at use uh, to be able to figure out what happened here. And if we gain any further insider information, we will share it with Congress and we will share it with the American people. But right now, there is not a definitive answer that has emerged from the intelligence community on this question. And we will do absolutely nothing to hold China accountable or Fauci for that matter. But this isn't what they were saying back in February of 2020. Oh, please. This is not what they were saying back then, because you just heard uh, the butt sniffer from the Biden administration. Well, we can't rule anything out. (laughs) We, We can't rule anything out. In February of 2020, you absolutely did. And you had help from the Washington Post because Tom Cotton, senator from Arkansas, brought this theory up and he was called a conspiracy conspiracy theorist, and the Washington Post says that argument had already been debunked. Their source, someone from within the Biden administration. Hmm. And of course, Fauci denied it, denied uh, denied it under oath that uh, this, you know, the HHS and uh, NIH were funneling money to Eco Health Alliance, and they turned around and gave a big grant to the Wuhan lab for gain-of-function research. You see where I'm going with this? Fauci has a problem. He has a vested interest in saying, no, I, are you kidding me? I don't. This is this came from a market. This is not leaked from a lab. You're a conspiracy theorist. When the entire time, uh, you know, if he gets caught, the NIH is is back channeling and funneling money to the gain of function research. Gain of function, by the way, means working to make the virus more lethal, virulent, contagious, whatever. If 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 that's the case, and now you have the FBI and the Department of Energy saying, yeah, it came from a, a Wuhan lab. This leaked out of a Wuhan lab. Well, Fauci and the NIH were funneling money to that lab for gain of function research, and that looks pretty bad. And the same folks who used to be you know, the voices of science now have some explaining to do. Why did it take so long for you guys to admit that this is what's going on here? Why did it take so long for you guys to have the common sense realization that, yeah, if you get COVID and you have natural immunities, that's just as good, if not better, than getting the vaccine? Mm. Something people have said for a long time, and you were called a crackpot for saying it out loud back in 2020. It's ridiculous. Well, you remember the uh, uh, cat, you know, a, b- a bunch of Fauci's emails got released. I think BuzzFeed got their hands on a bunch of Fauci emails uh, in 2021, and they got everything from his thoughts on how masks were useless to, to banning travel from China. But that bombshell, uh, to me, was that the head of the Eco Eco Health Alliance, Peter Dozik, thanked Fauci in an email for quote dispelling these uh, myths around COVID or and blame Fox News. Well, no kidding, you want those quote-unquote myths dispelled because you were actively funding gain-of-function research. And now, apparently, the Wall Street Journal, the Department of Energy, the FBI all say the same thing that it came out of a lab in Wuhan. And don't forget, back during the campaign... Joe Biden said he was going to be Mr. Tough Guy to China. He was going to demand answers. He was going to send our scientists over there, and there's not a damn thing President Xi was going to do about it. Let's compare then to now. What I would do were I president now, I would not be taking China's word for it. I'd insist that China allow our scientists in to make a hard determination of how it started, where it's from, how far along it is, because that is not happening now. Uh, you mentioned 554,064 American dead from COVID-19. A lot of families want to know how 
this happened, how it got here. Have you had a chance to speak to any of your international partners, any of uh, President Xi, who I know you go way back with? Have you had a chance to ask him if these reports are true, that China maybe misled the world at the beginning? No, I, I have not had that conversation with President Xi. Thank you. <laughs> He's way too intimidating of a world leader for me to actually ask him tough questions. We went from, yeah, I'm going to talk to him, and I'm going to send my scientists over there to, eh, it's been four years. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what are you going to do? <laughs> um, I don't watch Saturday Night Live. Every once in a while, I'll see like a highlight or a clip on social media. I don't think I've watched an episode in its entirety on a Saturday in years. But I saw that Woody Harrelson was trending on Sunday morning. So I had to research and check out why. And he hosted SNL over the weekend. And during his monologue, he kind of ripped on big pharma and COVID lockdowns and things like that. This is part of that monologue where Woody's talking about a movie that he had turned down years ago because it didn't seem realistic. So the movie goes like this. The biggest drug cartels in the world get together and buy up all the media and all the politicians and force all the people in the world to stay locked in their homes. And people can only come out if they take the cartels drugs and keep taking them over and over. I threw the script away. I mean, who's going to believe that crazy idea? (laughs) And the awkward looks from the audience and like the silence. They don't know if they should clap, laugh, or walk out. Because SNL's gone so just ridiculously progressive and woke that classic liberals, and Woody Harrelson is a liberal. Liberals like Woody Harrelson and Bill Maher are viewed as not progressive enough now. When Jon Stewart went on, I think it was Colbert, and started talking about the lab leak and how that made total sense. Which was, again, these are left-leaning people saying this. And now, of course, Woody Harrelson's a conspiracy theorist, getting all sorts of negative headlines for that monologue, which is not you know, entirely uh, unreasonable to, th- to think. I mean, everybody that was called a conspiracy theorist about everything happening in 2020 are, are now mostly correct about everything. Right. Look at the things that Alex Berenson was kicked off of social media for, and there's rumors that he may or may not have had a settlement with Twitter, and they had to pay my man some cash. So here's the Rolling Stone headline, quote, Woody Harrelson spreads anti-vax conspiracies during SNL monologue. Here's Variety. Woody Harrelson's Saturday Night Live monologue makes conspiracy jokes. Huffington Post, (laughs) Daily Beast, they're all the same. Now, Woody Harrelson is the same as Alex Jones to the political left. Give me a break. I mean, it's totally unreasonable to believe that the big pharma was somehow uh, you know, involved in government policy and pushing these vaccines and working hand-in-hand with, with uh, the administration. And I'm not just talking about Biden administration. Trump as well. Fast-tracked this thing with warp speed. So then I got to thinking about Woody Harrelson, right? And yes, Woody on Cheers, probably his most iconic uh, thing that he's done. But what's your favorite Woody Harrelson movie? Because he's done a lot of movies. That a lot of sports uh, I like, Yeah, like he was funny in semi-pro with Will Ferrell. Yes. Uh, he was good in um, uh, The People versus Larry Flint as well. He played he, he played, played Larry, Larry Flint, Flint, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. 
White Men Can't Jump. Oh, yeah, yeah. Probably number one on my list. Kingpin. Kingpin, uh, yeah. I never cool. really got into like natural born killers in zombie land. No, really I think I walked out of natural born killers. Uh, that's like the only movie I've ever walked out of because I was just rolling my eyes. It was so stupid. He was good in uh, that series on HBO, True Detective. Oh, I never saw with, that. Um, I think it was him and Matthew McConaughey that first season. That was really, he was real good in that. Young role. I think it might have been his first role. Very underrated movie, Wildcats <laughs> with Goldie Hawn, <laughs> where that? she takes over the urban high school football team. Yeah. And I think that's the first time we got Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes together. Ah. Because they okay. worked together a bunch of different times. <laughs> Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Aaron Nigel presents... Is... It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. Is this... Anything on 93 Hammer, how do we play? Is this anything? I am going to run a story by you. You are going to break down all the information and give us a verdict. Is the story anything or not? Carrie Underwood, attractive woman, very talented singer and performer. Here she is talking about walking around in her new shiny pair of black leggings that she calls noisy britches. So I bought these super cute patent leather, they're not leather, but looking leggings. There's just one problem. When you walk. It's <laughs> kind of attractive. Really sound great. Oh, Carrie, noisy britches. Carrie Underwood and her noisy britches. Yes, that's something. I'd like <laughs> to see a picture of that. I think I got a, the, the perfect solution. Just rub a little Aquaphor, some Vaseline on your thighs there. <laughs> Smooth things out down there. Look, this is not a new problem, by the way. George Costanza had the same issue when he bought a new suit for a job interview. Can you hear something? All right, I didn't hear anything. That's strange. It's quieter down here. We can concentrate without people whooshing around. <laughs> that sound again. Sure you didn't hear anything? No, can't, can't say as I did. Kind of like a rustling. <laughs> Could be the leaves. <laughs> Could be the you leaves. Know, I had a problem. I took, we took our kids last week to Great Wolf Lodge there next to Kings Island. And, you know, for, for basically three days, we were, you know, walking around, swimming, water slides, stuff like that. And man, my, it, my inner thighs both got chafed Ooh. really bad. Like, I don't know if it was my bathing suit or just. Uh, you know, it's it's like red and irritated. I don't down think it's there. the suit. I think it's the fat guy inside <laughs> of it. I'm just going to be honest with you. But my thighs don't, you know, chafe when I'm walking around in clothes. It's just a bathing suit. I I, I think it was the inner linings, the the liner, the suit liner. I mean, definitely, I I and I did when I got home. I took some Aquaphor and just kind of. Just put it right there. You don't have to show me. You really don't. <laughs> See, I just I lift my leg up right now. Oh, God. I just got to put like some, some, some Pray aquaphor. for those watching the YouTube stream right now. <laughs> Good problem Lord. Problem solved. I'm telling you, though, going back to Carrie Underwood's yes. problem, yes. 
we need to get our merch store open. We've talked about having a merch store for a long time. And in honor of the noisy britches, could you imagine a Hammer and Nigel line? We call it Hammer and Nigel's britches and hose, <laughs> where we have pants for ladies and pantyhose. <laughs> Hammer and Nigel's britches and hose available to be purchased right now. You are a, a mad genius. Thank you. Is this anything? <laughs> a Houston man had his F-350 truck stolen from him when the thieves called up a locksmith and had them <laughs> make a key and get in and start the vehicle. Here's the truck owner, Genius. Sean, talking about the locksmith helping the thieves steal his truck. To sit there and allow somebody to basically rekey it and steal it for three hours and nobody say anything or do anything to stop it, it's beyond me. So there were a lot of things that gave them the opportunity to say, hey, wait a minute. Brilliant on the car thief's part, by the way. Hey, <laughs> I look, mean, uh, you know, they, they don't have one of those slim gyms that they can unlock the car. Even if they did, they wouldn't have a key, but they could have a key made by calling a locksmith. And the oh, locksmith yes. was like, hell, we'll make you a key. That's a giant truck, by the way. Uh, there's got to be some protocol. If you're a locksmith, add Hammer and Nigel. I'm assuming locksmiths aren't, you, you know, maybe some paperwork, maybe some identification that you actually own the vehicle that you're right. giving. Can you prove that it's yours? <laughs> this is really important. Well, can you imagine being the criminals just sitting around thinking, man, we really want to steal this truck. What do we do? It's locked. Oh, I got it. Locksmith. Let's call a locksmith. Uh, yeah. And then all of his buddies probably said, there's no way that's going to work. You're an idiot. There's no way. We might get caught. And then they're driving down the road. I'll be expecting some apologies. <laughs> Screw you. It's actually a good idea. Uh, Kenny was right. Oh, man, that's funny. Is this anything? A Florida neighborhood is being left with safety concerns after they've been targeted multiple times by people throwing eggs at vehicles oh, no. and houses. Here are some of the neighbors talking about their feelings on the situation. Bam, bam, bam. Something hit my car, but I didn't know what it was. I thought I hit someone. I pulled over near the country club and looked and saw, and it was eggs. Mostly, I was just worried about what if that had been someone who swerved and hit one of those palm trees. I was a kid, too. We did mischievous things all the time. But you don't sort of think through what if the person behind the wheel loses control of the car. I've probably egged houses, toilet papered houses, <laughs> and done other things. I've never hurt a human or caused any massive damage. If this happens Friday nights, we might need to have a covert op. We're going to bring him over. Yeah. Put their Might have an egg fight. We'll get some Nerf guns out. Well, he, he mentioned something about a, a country club or a clubhouse. It's probably some rich a-hole kid, because they're the only ones that can afford eggs at this point to throw right. at people. It's cheaper to throw grenades. <laughs> Where'd you get all the eggs from, kid? Wow, your parents must be yeah. rich. Did you do that? Did you go egging and TPing and soaping on uh, you know on Halloween or uh, you know homecoming or whatever? Yeah, yeah, we did a little bit back egged, in the day. I don't think I've ever egged anything. We've thrown a few eggs, like mainly in middle school. Now, TP, it was kind of a tradition. Like our senior year, if we ever had a big football win, we would go to our defensive coach's house and TP his tree. <laughs> sure appreciated that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we won, yeah. so I don't think he minded too much. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Hammer and Nigel. They should have been fired a long time ago. I think we got a show. Oh, yeah, we got a show. We definitely got a show. On 93 WIBC. Oh, yeah! It's Nigel. Jason Hammer is over there. I think the defund the police movement, uh, I, I think it largely backfired for the, the, the crazy 
uh, fanatics that were rioting and destroying cities back in 2020, calling for defund the police. Uh, even here in Indianapolis, there, you know, the city county council voted to give police more money. There's still problems. Um, like Austin, Texas is having a really tough time with the defund the police movement. They're continuing their effort down there. And But of course, which is all fine and good, you throw all the money at, you, at it you want. You throw all the money at the police, throw all the money at you know crime fighting, but if you don't stop that revolving door of the criminal justice system, that's part of the problem. And as a result of the defund the police movement, they're having trouble getting applicants. Right, right here in this city, IMPD is 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 hundreds of officers short of their recruiting goals. Even the because of that place moment. of that whole movement, which was Minneapolis, Minnesota, within a year, they had to say, "Scrap this. We need more officers." Because the same people who were yelling "defund the police" right. were complaining that it was taking so long for officers <laughs> right. to arrive when they needed. And, and one. that's what's going on in Austin, Texas, right now, and some of, some of these other places. But it, I, I think it's funny the hypocrisy of. Uh, um, somebody like Congresswoman Cori Bush, uh, Missouri, right? Yes, she's she's heavy. She, you know, she's heavy into the defund the police movement. Is she the is she part of the squad or is she kind of the the, the hanger honor? She's kind of a hanger honor of the squad. She's an honorary squad member, which tells you all you need to know about Cori Bush. So- yeah, so basically, yeah, exactly. So, you're not even good enough to make it into the squad. Right. You're not good enough to hang out with Ilhan Omar. So the reason we bring up uh, Congresswoman Bush's name is because she's heavy, you know, all in, defund the police, and, uh, you know, all cops are bad, whatever. And uh, she just married her security guy that she paid $60,000 a year. So she's got security. She's romantically involved with her armed security Guards. She marries him, and all the while, uh, her campaign's paying this guy $60,000 a year. The campaign finance records show that Cori Bush's campaign paid him $62,359 in direct payments in 2022. Most of the payments were listed for security services, uh. while 2,359 of them were cash reimbursements. Now, remember that, because the reimbursements is what could get Cori Bush in trouble here because federal election laws and the House ethics rules, they will allow a bona fide service to have cost attached to it. Just because she's having relations with her bona fide service doesn't mean that that doesn't count. Yeah. So that's still good. I mean, technically, she did say F the police. So <laughs> she's a woman of her word, it's apparently. Literally. Effing. Okay. But the House ethics rules also ban members from borrowing campaign funds, which raises further questions about making direct payments to a partner. But does that, is anything going to come of that? Oh, nothing ever comes of anything. I mean, really, the angle of the story is just a huge hypocrite. You know, uh, you're you're calling for, uh, she's all for defunding defunding the police, especially in high risk communities that really need police, yet pays her boyfriend $60,000 a year for security. The neighborhoods she lives in, uh, the neighborhoods that need security the most, she's calling for defund. It's just like it's like who needs a police force if you lived with trained armed security, right, Miss Bush? If you're going to be that much of Billy Badass, Miss, I think all cops are bad. Defund the police. Then you need to be walking through the streets of East Chicago like Gladiator, Russell Crowe, walking <laughs> around with your arms open. Are you not entertained by yourself? Because if you're not, all your rhetoric is just bullcrap. It's the defund the, the, the police people. It's the crazy gun. Grab- 
rappers that all have security, that all have people protecting them with guns, but the peasants, the law-abiding peasants aren't, you know, they don't want you to have guns, they don't want you to have the ability to protect yourself, and it's just like uh, this for the defund the police movement. Everybody that hates the police, they'll be the first to call the police when they're in trouble, and or if they're rich enough, pay armed security. And again, who needs police if if, if you lived with a trained armed security guard? Right. That's your boyfriend, paying $60,000 a year. And of course, she's not going to get in trouble for these quote-unquote contributions or reimbursements. No, that's, not at all. That's, that's ridiculous. Allison, hit me with a little legal yeah. stuff. Yeah! Crime! Punishment! Judges! Legal stuff. Big day in the Supreme Court tomorrow, Nige. The Biden administration's plan to cancel $20,000 in student debt for millions of Americans goes before the Supreme Court. Could be as early as tomorrow. Uh, the court's going to hear arguments from a couple different cases, and they're going to decide whether or not to rule on the federal student loan payment plan. And decide if this is something yeah. that can move forward. Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure you needed Congress's permission to do that. That's what this is all about, right? Right. I mean, you can't just... I mean, and, and of course, Obama did this oh, same thing with, with DACA. They knew uh, that, 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 you know, giving amnesty to millions of illegal aliens is... is uh, that's something you need to go to Congress to do. But with just signing an executive order, um, you know, you're going to get it challenged in court. That's what, you know, everybody was hoping for. This, mean, it's, this it's, is how the Democrats do it's, this. It's, they come up with some ridiculous thing that they know they can't pass, but they will say, we're trying to make it work. I'll sign an executive order. And then when it goes down in flames like it should, well, it's that god-awful Supreme Court, that Republican-heavy Supreme Court. And when they have their campaign commercials, it's the, we tried for you, but the evil Republican said no. Has nothing to do with the fact that it was unconstitutional to begin with. I love that... Uh, who was it when uh, Elizabeth Warren Pocahontas was campaigning and some guy came up to her and she's like, I, I paid my student debt off. Why do I have to pay somebody else's student debt off? Do I get any like, money back? Yeah, exactly. Right. Is, it, is there like retroactive payments here? Because I did the right thing and I, I paid my student loans off. Imagine these people Look, trying to hear a lecture from Elizabeth Warren. So you're not going to get any money yeah. back, but we might be working on reparations. So just hop in line. <laughs> Wait your turn, and there'll be some money coming around, I'm sure, I mean, at some look, point. There's something to be said, and something needs to be done about those predatory college loans. For sure, something needs to be done. But you know what you're getting in for when you sign up for those things. Right. You don't ever I mean, think, well, like, I hope I never have to pay this back, yeah. do you? Like, Because if you do, you're an idiot. <laughs> More legal stuff here. A Tennessee woman is suing Walmart for $3 million bucks because she says she sustained injuries after she was hit by a group of shopping carts being pushed by an employee. Here's Christine oh. explaining her case. When I came back to myself, I realized I had been hit. My legs were scarred up. My neck was hurting. My back was hurting. I had a lawyer during that time, but now I'm representing myself. In Walmart, we've been going to court. But they've been denying that this ever happened, and they're not Walmart. Well, I'm suing them for $3 million. I don't know what I'll be getting, but that's what I'm asking for. <laughs> You'll be getting $3. If you're lucky. <laughs> I sounded like a sweet enough lady. If she was wronged by Walmart and injured, they'd maybe pay for some medical bills or something. $3 million sounds a little excessive. 
Uh, I'm just going to guess. Now. now, maybe I'm being the judgmental a-hole here. I'm just going to guess Walmart has the money for better attorneys. Well, especially when she's representing herself. <laughs> <laughs> she is going to end up having to pay Walmart when this is all said and done, probably, because that's how the legal system she, she feels needs, like it works. She needs to hire Kramer's lawyer, Jackie Childs. <laughs> that's right. Uh, maybe I can see Walmart settling for like, look, we're not going to give you any money, but um, you know, you can come in here and buy, you know, we'll give you a $100 gift card. How's that? <laughs> Only when you spend 200 There's a stipulation <laughs> attached to it. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. It's time to play Is It Racist? Now, for those of you who are wondering, how do we play this game? I was just wondering that. Yeah. Here to explain is AOC. Is it racist? Is something racist? Yes or no? Ah, clear that up. So, are you familiar with that comic strip Gilbert. Yeah, he's got the uh, the crooked tie. Right. It's in an the office kind of setting. Yeah. Yes, Dilbert. Well, the creator of Dilbert is about to be canceled completely for a very bizarre rant that he put on social media. Scott Adams is a guy. Scott guy's Adams, Mr. Dilbert, uh, the creator, uh, did he's a talking, video. He's talking about some poll or something, right? So like, he's clearly got some poll about race relations in front of him. Where he got the poll, where the poll is from, I have no idea. But this is the first part of his video. So if, if you know, nearly half of all blacks uh, are not okay with white people, according to this poll, not according to me, according to this poll, uh, that's a hate group. That's a hate group. And I don't want to have anything to do with them. And I would say, you know, based on the current way things are going, the best advice I would give to white people is to get the hell away from black people. Just get the f*** away. Get, where, wherever you have to go, just get away. Because there's no fixing this. This can't be fixed. That's the he, Dilbert guy. He, he spends a lot of time on Twitter. And I, th I, I know you're getting ready to play another clip, but I think... He trolls a lot, um, and I think I'm not going to bend it myself in a pretzel defending this guy as an idiot. What he said, troll or not troll, is completely ridiculous. And this poll, this poll said, is it, are you okay for, with white people or something like that? That's what he says. That's, that, that, that was the question, are you okay? It sounds ridiculous. The poll sounds ridiculous. It doesn't make, none of this really makes any sense. But um, yeah, okay, just, what's the second clip? You just have to escape. So that's what I did. I went to a neighborhood where, you know, I have a very low black population. Because unfortunately, there, you know, there's a high correlation between the density. And this is according to Don Lemon, by the way. Um, so here I'm just quoting Don Lemon when, when he notes that the, when he lived in a uh, mostly black neighborhood, there were a bunch of problems that he didn't see in white neighborhoods. So even Don Lemon sees a big difference in your own quality of living based on where you live and who's there. So I, I think it makes no sense whatsoever as a uh, white citizen of America to try to help black citizens anymore. It doesn't make sense. It's no longer a rational impulse. And so I'm, I'm going to uh, I'm going to back off from being helpful to black America because it doesn't seem like it pays off. 
I don't think he's trolling. I think he's just a weirdo. It, it, but if you're looking at this, again, this bogus poll, whatever he was talking about, half of African-Americans, are not, it says, they say it's not okay to be white. I, I've been looking at it. I can't find this poll. I don't know what it is. Um, in the larger context is he, he's a troll on Twitter. He starts to rile people up. He says crazy things. Um, but he's been canceled. Dilbert has been canceled in 77 newspapers. Oh. He's got a new book deal that was not Dilbert related. His, they canceled him. Uh, the uh, His agent like fired him basically over this whole thing it sounds pretty harsh like my if i it, that would not be my reaction if i saw a poll like that i would say one this poll's ridiculous i think it's stupid i think it's bogus but two okay if there are people that there are african-americans out there that uh, there's a percentage of them that say it's not okay to be white where are they getting their information why do they think that that's a big problem in this country that's a reason why this country is so divided and if it had been the other way around you know half of america half of half of Half of white Americans don't think it's okay to be black. But this poll is so stupid. It doesn't. It, it just. It and he doesn't no dig himself out of the hole by quoting no. Don Lemon either. <laughs> well, Don Lemon said, "Stop." Just full stop right there. You don't need to quote anything Don Lemon said. You've already said too much here, dude. I hope your viral video was worth it because you now have lost uh, yeah. pretty much everything that you've worked so hard to build. Uh, some more. Is it racist for you, Nige? James Bond books written by Ian Fleming are now being rewritten to remove any sort of racist content. Yeah, rewriting books, taking certain things out of of classic literature is unacceptable in any way. Like, are you going to start doing that with movies next? You better take some scenes out of Tropic Thunder, if that's the case. <laughs> and good for Ben Stiller for coming out going, I'm not apologizing for Tropic Thunder. Uh, yeah. You're too I mean, stupid to understand what we were joking about here. <clears throat> so, we wonder someday they're going to edit female... Like, like, the female characters' names in James Bond movies were pretty... Um, Can I say the name of one of them? Because technically no. it's the name of a character. Uh, you know which one I want to say. Not Galore. Oh, Don't, come on. Let me you say You can't it. say Galore. No, no, no. That was the name of a that. character. Well, I tell you what. We've edited the female characters' names in, in these classic movies, actually. Who are you? My name is Kitty. Kitty Galore. <laughs> come on. <laughs> Hi, I'm Patty. But of course you are. Patty O'Toole. Named after your father, perhaps. <laughs> Come on, really? Uh, Kitty galore. Kitty galore. A lot of. <laughs> You can't say that if I can't say I, the other thing. I didn't say thing. the whole thing. <laughs> I didn't say the whole thing. But that seems pretty ridiculous. You're going back and altering somebody's, altering somebody's work just because of sexist, racist terms in a different era. That somebody like, finds offensive. Maybe not everybody finds it offensive. It's ridiculous. Like, if they did that to Revenge of the Nerds, there'd be five minutes of the movie. Like, there'd only be five <laughs> minutes of the movie. They show up, you see Booger Belch, and then at the end, they have a big hug. That's it. That's it. Plenty O'Toole, I think was the... <laughs> you could say her name in the James Bond book, Plenty O'Toole, but uh, Miss Galore, I don't think we could say that. Oh, it's unacceptable. I'm sorry. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. 
Hey, Joe. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock. Oh, man, I'm glad that weather passed us by. It got windy at one point, and there was some rain. But the well, then, brunt this, of the storm didn't get Indianapolis. But there were weather alerts going off left and right during Tony's show earlier today. So it's like 54 out there right now. Tomorrow's 55. And then Wednesday, wait a minute, it says a low tonight of 63. So the temperature's going to, to increase, and we're going to have a high of 68 on Wednesday. Okay. By the so, way. So that's pretty good. Yeah, I see the low listed for thir- as 38 today, but... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking at this wrong. The high was 63 today. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm looking at that wrong. But the high Wednesday, 68 in sun. None of this wind, rain, BS. I can deal with this, man. Bring it on in. I'm ready for some warm temperatures, outdoor drinking, outdoor peeing, all the stuff, man. Bring it on. <laughs> you got to wait to the spring if you pee outdoor, you don't go in the winter? I may or may not have done it this past weekend. Okay. When the boys are taking a shower and it just, sure. you know, I got to go. I don't want to walk in there. I'll just go off the back porch. <laughs> Give the neighborhood a little treat. Yeah. You're welcome, Beach Grove. <laughs> um, let's uh, check in with a certain president of the United States. Let's check in with the Commander-in-Chief. Let's check in with wheeling, dealing, hair-sniffing, kiss-stealing Joe Biden! I got hairy legs. Happy birthday, (laughs) (laughs) Kajan, Kajan, Katanji drowned Jackson. (laughs) We are going to have to do a second Joe Biden bracket. Like a, a tournament. Biden Madness 2.0. Bidenisms. <laughs> we didn't, we, I mean, that, that, Katanji, Katanji Brown, Katanji. Drown Jackson. <laughs> I mean, that alone would make it to the final four, I think. Put that in the bracket with happy birthday, Dil Velvet. <laughs> happy birthday, Dil Velvet. <laughs> Uh, who, who? So we did that in 2021, right? The, the Biden madness. Biden madness. Do you remember what was what was it? Come on, man. Or you or, know the thing. You know the thing. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men and yeah. What we did was you we, know the thing. Yeah, we, we had a bunch of Biden clips, and but we've got a whole new batch of of Bidenisms. Right. And, we had a non-gibberish division last time. <laughs> I think we need to bring the gibberish in because I'd like to see true in a national pressure make a run at the title. <laughs> So March 1st, which is coming up uh, just two days from now, we'll start Biden Madness 2.0. I think uh, definitely uh, you're in for... what do you say? Ready, Bal? Yeah, get, get ready, Bal. You're going in for a problem. <laughs> That's going to make it to the final four. Looking forward to uh, a new round of Biden madness. But in the meantime, the commander in chief, Hair Sniff McGee, sat down with David Muir of ABC. And give David Muir credit here. He looked Joe Biden right in the face and said, Look, a lot of people say they're worse off. Because of your presidency, what are your thoughts to that? Take a listen. Our latest ABC News poll shows four in 10 Americans say they're worse off than when you were elected. Only 16% said they were better off. So why is that? Why aren't Americans feeling this? Well, look, I think it goes well beyond the economy. Think about it. You make the news. I mean, you interview for the news. Can you think of anything they turn on the television and go, God, that makes me feel good? Almost anything. Everything is in the negative. 
because you're in charge. <laughs> this is your presidency. Right. Everybody that has a position of power in this country, it's because of you. And by the way, you know, I know you said give credit to David Muir of ABC. No credit for doing your job and asking the questions that they didn't ask him before the midterm elections. This is designed, I believe, to get rid of Biden and discourage him from running in 2024. This kind of setup right here, what you just heard, yeah, we did this ABC poll, basically said Americans think their lives suck and it's because of you. <laughs> That's what this is really about, big picture, is that the Democrats and uh, the media, you know, Biden has served his purpose. He beat Trump. Some would say not necessarily fair and square, but he's a disaster right now. And that's that's what you're seeing right here with these quote unquote tough questions from corporate media. Well, relax on Joe Biden because okay. as down as he seemed there, are you ready to hear an uplifting positive message? Sure, yeah. So I think things are a little out of whack, and I don't blame people for being down. Oh. You know, when you had a year, two years of, uh, of the pandemic, kids out of school, uh, the mental health problems in the country are seriously increased, especially among young people. Some things are, for example, even if they're feeling down about employment, they've got better jobs. They're making more money. Inflation is still higher than it should be. Yeah. And, uh, you know, everything from gasoline prices to a, to a, a war going on in Ukraine. Yeah. I mean, it's understandable why people are just down. Well, he, he's not running for president. There's no way. I get I, why I, everybody's I, down. Uh, I'd be pissed I, off, every, too. Everything I've done since I've got here sucks. <laughs> My From goodness. Afghanistan to spending a bunch of money to sending cash hand over fist to Ukraine with, uh, with no oversight. Yeah. I'd be depressed yeah. if I were you, too. Get ready, Bell. More where that came from. <laughs> um, on the other side of the political spectrum, Governor yeah. Ron DeSantis signed a law earlier today that gives the state of Florida control over Disney World's Reedy Creek Imp Improvement District. So this district that Disney was on in the past yeah, was kind of its own type of deal. You get a big, big tax breaks and, and stuff like that. Right. right? But effective like, immediately. Yeah, they're uh, they're Governor, not getting any special treatment, basically. Right. Governor DeSantis has appointed uh, this five-member governing board to basically run this section of Disney where they had no oversight before. So Disney's lesson here was screw around and find out. They were doing a lot of stuff that the governor didn't like. They ran their mouth and Ron DeSantis and I'm paraphrasing, blank me, blank you. I'm taking away a lot of special protections here. Now, what I hope happens is that Donald Trump sees this and gets back onto Twitter. Because I do miss Twitter Trump. Oh, I do. Truth Social Trump just doesn't do it for me. Eh. It can be too long. And let's be honest, very few people use Truth Social. But back when he was on Twitter, we had Snow White reading Trump tweets, and with oh this my. new passing of what's happening with Disney, I'd like to bring that back. Democrats are becoming the party of late-term abortion, high taxes, <laughs> open borders, and crime. I miss having Snow White read simple, quick little Trump tweets. Uh-huh. 
But Disney went woke, man. <laughs> Disney went real woke, and uh, they're, they're having to fire thousands of people the, uh, in their corporation now. So, um, on behalf of Disney and a lot of other people that decide to go real woke yeah. and then ultimately go broke, here's a new record from Hammer and Nigel Records. Okay. You put your feelings in, you take your logic out, you vote for Joe Biden, and you riot through your town. Come on. You do the wokey pokey and you spread your lies around. Come on. That's what it's all about. You bring your woke buddies in, you push others away, you learn gender studies, but you can't earn any pay. You do the wokey pokey thinking you are so profound. That's what it's all about. I love it. You say it's Exxon's fault that the world will burn, but I notice you don't take your bike to work. <laughs> you do the wokey pokey and you spread your lies around. That's, That's what, what it's all, all about. about. You do the wokey pokey because <laughs> you're so wokey dokey. <laughs> you do the wokey pokey thinking you are so profound. That's what it's all about. There it is. Wokey Pokey from Hammer and Nigel Records. (laughs) It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there. Final score Saturday night in Lafayette. IU 79, Purdue 71. IU gets the sweep this season. That was a fun game to watch, wasn't it, man? I had a blast watching that game. Hammer's right over there. We have a special guest on the DriveHublo.com hotline. Don Fisher is the iconic voice of the Indiana Hoosiers. And Fish, there's a picture that's making its way around social media. I think it's when there's like four seconds left on the clock. I can see engineer Jake Robinson smiling. I see Mike Woodson (laughs) smiling. And you, right to coach's left, smiling as well. Take us through what happened. Well, obviously what happened was Indiana won at Mackey for the first time in 10 years. (laughs) That was, that was what was happening. And and without question, it was a special moment, especially for Mike who, you know, in all his years of playing at IU and his four seasons, they never won at Mackey arena. And of course they got beat last year there in his first uh, time back at Mackey arena. So getting uh, his first win in Mackey was pretty special for him. And I think for the basketball team as well, without question. Yeah. I had such a blast, like I said at the beginning of the segment, watching that game Saturday night. Was it as fun for you to call as it was for me to watch as a fan? Yeah, it really was. I mean, the one thing you have to say about Mackey Arena is it's a special environment. There's no question about it. It's it's much like Assembly Hall. When you come into Assembly Hall and the uh, historic uh, scenarios that you see in that uh, arena, uh, likewise at Mackey Arena, because that's, that's where they play basketball since I've been doing Indiana. That's 50-plus years now, or 50 years now. Um, but but it's it's the arena there is tremendous. It holds noise like you can't believe. Uh, they're 15,000, sounds like 20,000 yeah. fans. And it's just uh, it's just a special environment without question. And, of course, when Indiana has their name on the front of the jersey, it gets special attention from the crowd. So, yeah, it was, it was special in that context. But was what was really special was just 
winning the ball game and winning it the way Indiana did because they got they got hammered on the boards in this game. They got hammered with second chance points. They gave up way too many free throws, and they still found a way to get it done. And in my perception of this thing, the thing that was most impressive was Indiana as how hard they worked at both ends of the floor in this ball game, and they never let the game get out of hand, so to speak, where Purdue would take over complete momentum. Fish, does it seem like the Purdue-IU rivalry has heated up again? I mean, for a few years there, maybe it wasn't so much, and it was kind of tepid, but now I feel like there's fire again. I mean, did you notice at the beginning, and before the game even started, IU lines up for the national anthem, and the Purdue players are still sitting there shooting free throws in their faces. Did you notice that at the beginning? Some some tension there. No, that you bring that up. I did not know that. I, I had I really wasn't noticing that at that point. But here's the other thing that I do know: when Indiana came out for their final warmups prior to the start of the ball game, the, the fans just booed, be, booed vehemently. And Nate Childers, who's the walkout from Zionsville, comes out there and he's got it both hands up in the air and he said, "Bring it on!" He's just <laughs> motioning to bring it on, baby. And and I'm honestly, that's the thing that I think was important because Indiana was not intimidated by the environment. And of course they went through a lot of these guys went through it last year uh, and they almost won the ball game lost by two points. But this year they went in there knowing exactly what they were going to face. Obviously Jalen Hood Shafino and Malik yeah. Renew didn't know what they were about to face, but it didn't factor into Hood Shafino whatsoever. And he, I think took on the demeanor of the rest of the team, his calmness, his ability to play in the big moment was just spectacular. And 35 points, 23 of those coming in the first half, kept in the end of the game. And then he just kind of continued his performance in the second half, not to the degree that he did in the first. But everybody else was chipping in along the way, which was just really good to see. Fish, how important was it for Indiana to figure out how to beat good teams when Trace Jackson Davis gets those double teams? Because I don't believe he hit a shot until the second half, but he was dishing the ball, he was commanding the double teams, and he was finding the open man. How important is that for this Indiana squad? Well, Trace has done a better job of that this year than he ever has in his previous three seasons at Indiana. He has, you know, he is the number two assist man on the team, and he's only three or four assists behind Jalen Hood-Chafino, who is leading the team in assists. That's how good he has been this year about finding the open guy when he is covered. And granted, in this ball game, he was covered a lot, especially the first half. He didn't make a shot. Race Thompson didn't either. There were no points from the front line guy with the exception of Miller Kopp in the first half. So when you look at what Indiana was able to do in this contest in that respect and Trace dishing out assists like he did, he had seven in this ball game. Uh, that was a major reason why Indiana was able to come up with a victory. And Jalen hood Shafino, you mentioned it earlier, just a defining performance for this kid. You go on the road, the most hostile of environments, and to have a freshman play a game like that in front of those angry fans, that has to give this IU squad some confidence as the as they start playing the really important games here in the next couple of weeks. 
Yeah, and the and this week is hugely important in that regard because, you know, the last thing Indiana wants to do now after beating Purdue for the second time this year is lay an egg in the next game out against the Iowa Hawkeyes tomorrow night on Tuesday. That, that's something that they just cannot have happen if they're going to continue to grow as a basketball team, both mentally and physically. And, and really, you, you, you have to understand how much energy and emotion was spent in this matchup with Purdue, the guys have done this before. They've been resilient coming off losses, which they had to do against Michigan State this past week. And in my opinion right now, this team has to grow again in the sense of understanding what's right there at their ha- at the, uh, at, 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 on their doorstep as far as what they can accomplish. And that is the double bye going into the Big Ten tournament. Whether they get a piece of the Big Ten championship, can you second, third, or fourth, you want to finish in the top four to get that double buy, and that's what's at stake this week. We're chatting with Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers here on the Hammer and Nigel show. So do we have any updates on Xavier Johnson, what his timetable is of coming back? Last time I heard Fish, it was toward the end of the regular season. Well, we're kind of there right now. And <laughs> if he does come back, I don't think you're taking Hood Shafino out of that starting lineup. No, well, he was in the starting lineup before this whole thing started. Okay. The guy that's taken the place is Trey Galloway, and he has been spectacular as well. But X is slated to get back, maybe this week. Uh, the hope is that he's back for this game tomorrow night against Iowa, but I don't know that. All I know is projections were that he would get back perhaps for the last regular season week. If he is back for this ball game or the next against Michigan, I think that's huge because you don't want to go into the Big Ten tournament with him playing his first game back from this injury issue. And, of course, Mike Woodson's got decisions to make this week in regard to that. If X is able to play, how do you work him into the lineup now? Because you have established what you've been able to do here of late and what the success level has been for the last 10, 12 ball games of this season. Uh, you don't want to take that recipe out of the mix and try to get a new guy into the lineup. And even though he's not new, he hasn't played all this time. Since the Kansas game, he has not played. So this is a guy that they're going to have to find a way to work into the lineup, whether it's the starting role, coming off the bench. Uh, and again, how good will he be the first couple of games back? Because, of course, he's working back after not having played for this long period of time. The Hoosiers and the Hawkeyes, they tip off tomorrow night. It's a game you can hear right here at 93 WIBC. Uh, pre-game starts at 6, tip off at 7 at Assembly Hall. Fish will be on the call. Don Fisher, we always appreciate you joining us here on the Hammer and Nigel thanks, Show. Fish. Guys, thanks for having me. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. I appreciate it. The Hammer and Nigel Show. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here hooking up live with the chicks on the right. Mock and Daisy. Hello. How are you guys? Hello. Fantastic. We're so great. Any, the world's falling apart. We, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> we can start any number of places. Let's start with that dweeb Pete Buttigieg uh, showing up in, in Ohio a day after Trump in his little stupid helmet and his jacket <laughs> and his and his his protective eye. 
Blair. And a day after Trump, I, I think it is so embarrassing for the Biden administration, especially the day before Trump was there. He looked like a hero. He is on full campaign mode. Your thoughts? Uh, Pete Buttigieg was dressed like a white construction worker. So I think that there's there's a problem <laughs> oh. with that, right? I like white construction workers. Definitely too late, right? Because Trump like totally stole all of her, handing out waters, getting McDonald's for everybody. <laughs> he was the hero. And it feels like... Pete didn't even want to be there. No. Like he was shamed into being there. Yes. And I think that speaks more about what this administration is all about than anything else. Like it took everything in their power for him to get the transportation secretary to a location where there was a major transportation disaster. This is the thing. It's like everything is done after the fact with them and they do have to be shamed into it. And then they act like, you know, they're heroes for being there. And you guys have probably seen the of the people there that are talking about um, you know, what Joy Behar said about them because they're the forgotten people, right? It's like these are the people who are treated like crap in the media and by people like the Joy Behars and this administration. And let's face it, a lot of people like all these environmental whack jobs who, you know, they should have been there. They're the ones who are constantly talking about the environment. And then when push comes to shove, an actual environmental disaster happens, nobody's there to help these people. No one's there. And, and then KJP this- says, hey, don't worry. Like uh, Biden doesn't need to go visit everybody in east palestine should just take comfort in knowing that he takes this very seriously (laughs) (laughs) and something nige and i have talked about too if this had happened in a democratic city if this were in portland seattle atlanta i promise you it would be full all systems go fema would help out the you know environmental protection services would be there you'd have the view broadcasting live (laughs) cnn would have five mobile trucks it would all be there but because it's predominantly a red area of our country in flyover country you got the nice big middle finger from mayor pete exactly you're right like leonardo dicaprio would be with this 17 year old girlfriend you know with his rubber boots on open out but he's nowhere to be found and by the way doesn't it look like didn't that shot of mayor pete with the hard hat and the glasses remind you of michael dukakis sticking his head out of a tank (laughs) it's so goofy who wore it better pete Buttigieg or dark helmet and space balls (laughs) who rocked the helmet better which one Spaceballs, for sure. Spaceballs. Yes. Mock Total win. And Daisy are here. They are the chicks on the right. So let's go from Ohio to Ukraine because Joe Biden went over to Ukraine, spent President's Day there, and oh my God, the sirens went off. Joe Biden was in immediate danger. Okay, I'm being facetious here. Nobody <laughs> believes that. But there are some stories that you hear from CNN, MSNBC. They bring these lunatic guests on that say it's the most heroic thing a president has ever done. Oh, a real-time war situation without the United States military. Is anybody buying that? Unfortunately, yes, they are. <laughs> yeah. There are The same people that actually voted this clown into office are the ones that are calling him like the greatest hero. They're comparing him to Kennedy. 
They're comparing him to Reagan. I mean, the comparisons are enough to just make your stomach turn. But it's it's all it's only the people that were dumb enough to vote for this idiot in the first place who actually are like, oh, yeah, he's so great. Yeah, they're trying so hard to make this a huge. They're trying so hard to make this a huge win. Fortunately, you know, people on the right are doing this, too. It's not people on the left. And that's what's so alarming is it's almost like at first I thought, OK, well, this is a lot of propaganda, right, coming from the left. But, man, we've seen a lot of people on the right saying this, too, and using this as a talking point. And they're like, this is the the bravest. And this was just so, you know, unbelievably it was this is a huge monumental historical moment in his in his presidency. And, you know, perhaps it is in his presidency. But look at what you have to compare it to. But I uh, mean, he hasn't had any wins. The, so other, the this, other thing is, Daisy, it, for right? God's sake, they let Russia know he was coming. So it's not like this big, dangerous mission. They gave Russia the heads up and were like, hey, you might want to lay off the missiles. Uh, today because the president's going to be in town and uh, he's a little oh late God. to the party. Every world leader there is, every major world power there is, has been to Ukraine. Biden's the last to do it. It's not a big deal. It was not a big deal. And those air raid sirens, right. you're reading those air raid sirens, he's, he's walking <laughs> around. Any Secret Service guy will tell you if that was real, they would have immediately vac- evacuated Biden. It was all a show. Of right. course. You're right. It's Trudeau's probably be like, wait a second, I did that. Yeah. <laughs> Trudeau's a total soy boy. So let's transition to this new report that came out from the Energy Department that says, you know what? Maybe, just maybe, COVID leaked from a lab. No. Now, ladies, I'm old enough to remember if you would have said that on social media, you would have been called a conspiracy theorist, a crackpot, and you might have been kicked off of Twitter. But now, yesterday's conspiracy theories sound like they're today's truths. Then are we going to get the apologies? Because now we've got, just to give you an example of some of the more headlines, New York Times, just like you said, uh, or actually, this is the Wall Street Journal, lab leak, most likely origin of 19 pandemic. Of course, agency New York Times recently their thing about mask mandates being utterly useless. Yeah. We have Newsweek or uh, the Atlantic, I think, or maybe Street Journal. Data doesn't support new COVID-19 booster shots for most, says a vaccine expert. School closures were failed policy. All the things that we were screaming for two years, like that, getting us banned on social media, getting people of like really good repute, getting off of all kinds of platforms. And now on these headlines, as if it is and not something we've been screaming for the past couple years. No apology. There's no admission that they got it completely wrong. It's, They're it's, just putting it out there. And it's not that. It's accountability. Like, I want to know what's going to happen to Fauci, friends. I want to know. That dude, we have been, he is the highest federal employee. And he's the highest we, more than anybody else, more than the president. He pay, he's paid almost a half a million dollars a year. Right. Plus, he gets all the bennies. Plus, he's getting a Mac Daddy pension. When is that going to stop? I want to stop paying the guy. Plus, he needs to be held accountable. When's that going to happen? I mean, these people never get held accountable for this stuff ever. And it's funny how how Fauci was once just the poster boy of the political left. Right. They bowed down and worshiped at the church of Fauci. And it feels like he's been replaced by Zelensky right now. Yesterday, it was all about Fauci, and now they've lifted Zelensky up on the pedestal. Do you see the same thing? Without question, that is absolutely (laughs) happening. Like, it makes me sick when I see all of the... 
the Ukrainian flag pins on these politicians and all these, you know, celebrities and whatnot in, I guess, in place of the United States of, of, of our American flag. That makes me sick. It's like, what are you doing? What? It's one thing to support a country. It's another thing to fawn all over while we're paying all this money. One more thing before we let you guys go. Chicks on the right here. Chicks on the right dot com. Mock and Daisy joining us. There was an article on your website about Jeb Bush and his endorsement of Ron DeSantis. And now people are somehow saying this disqualifies DeSantis from running (laughs) or this is going to somehow hurt his campaign. Can you kind of break down what that article was about? Well, it's just so mad. It was just like one of these tirades that I decided to go on weekend, everyone was retweeting, like all of the only Trumpers were retweeting this little clip of an interview that Jeb Bush was talking about endorsing Ron DeSantis, saying that this is the guy that needs to be the next president of the United States. And because of that, there are people that are basically saying, folks like me, well, there it is. There's your proof that you shouldn't like DeSantis, you should just discount all the good that he's done, discount all of his conservative policies, discount the results he's achieved in Florida, discount his amazing popularity and ability to win re-election like nobody's business. Forget about it all because some loser is endorsing him. <laughs> I don't give a crap who Jeb Bush endorses. It doesn't change anything about what Ron DeSantis has done and is capable of doing. It makes me crazy when people look at endorsements as if they're supposed to tell us how to think. I don't I don't care what Jeb thinks. And, and not only that, but he's not running yet. He hasn't thrown his hat in the ring yet. And then furthermore, Jeb is endorsing DeSantis probably because he hates Trump so much. <laughs> Let's right. get real. You know, what <laughs> I mean? it's like he he was so mean to Jeb. Trump was so mean to Jeb during all <laughs> oh, that pain cycle that he's, he's like, well, I'm going to go ahead and neener, neener. I'm going to go ahead and endorse <laughs> that other guy. You know what I mean? Right. Let's, let's get real. That's what's happening here. And Trump supporters, you have to be consistent here, right? Because again, I voted for Donald Trump twice. I got everything I wanted out of his presidency. But I remember Trump supporters saying, yep. I don't care what celebrities come out and endorse Hillary Clinton. I don't care who comes out and endorses exactly. uh, Joe Biden. Well, you can't be all about somebody endorsing another candidate now. It doesn't work that way. You see what I'm saying? It makes me absolutely insane when people do this, as if I even had thought or considered Jeb Bush's opinion when forming my own about Governor Ron DeSantis. Like, I I didn't think, well, I would like DeSantis, but what does Jeb think? Because that'll really seal the deal. I mean, who thinks like that? I don't, I will not. And by the way, just before we wrap it up, when is DeSantis he might want to get on the ball here a little bit because right now the only one that is campaigning and having a successful campaign is Donald Trump. He looked pretty damn good in Ohio last week. I, I know his campaign is having some tough time raising some cash, but you think De- DeSantis just dropped some video this morning? Some it kind of looked like he was running, but not running, comparing how successful he was in Florida to you know compared to the mess in D.C. When do you think he should make an announcement if indeed he will run? Well, he's got to do it before August. Right? Right. Because August is when they start, you know, doing all the the reindeer games, I think. Isn't it August? Yeah, the first debate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think mean, he's still got time. I think he, I think he's enjoying all the mystery and the and it keeps his name out there. The the longer he goes without actually making it official, the more people are talking about it and speculating. It it just gives him a leg up, if anything. It's, it's foreplay, you guys. It's all foreplay. <laughs> <laughs> Mock and Daisy, chicksontheright.com. Ladies, we always appreciate you chatting with us. Thank you, Thank guys. You.
Thank you. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Nigel show an entire hour of the show coming up after six o'clock now despite a massive drop-off in its second week ant-man has managed to hold off cocaine bear and hang on to the number one spot at the box office <laughs> my youngest has seen ant-man and he wants to see cocaine bear. what did he think of ant-man because i'm not too into it i haven't seen i haven't really seen the other ones at all he hadn't seen the other one so he was lost he went with a group of friends uh but his friends who had followed the movie closely said it wasn't very good. But Cocaine Bear, oh, on man. the other hand, if you have not seen the rated R version of the trailer for Cocaine Bear, it does <laughs> look very hilarious. And it's basically about a bear that ingests a ton of cocaine and kills a bunch of people. Very loosely, <laughs> based on a true yes. story about a bear who ingests cocaine. Now, you were gone on Friday, Nigel, yes. and um, you missed a big announcement. Hammer and Nigel Productions, we were asked to come up with some sort of... Of oh. promotional tie-in to the movie. Build-A-Bear! <laughs> Build-A-Bear Workshop and Universal Pictures have teamed up to bring you a fuzzy friend like no other. Introducing Cocaine Bear from Build-A-Bear. <laughs> it's the same Build-A-Bear you've come to know and love, but this bear is stuffed full of cocaine. Customize your Cocaine Bear with a special message. I am just a regular teddy bear. I am definitely not filled with cocaine. I love you, Pablo Escobar. Cocaine bear. Um, build a bear. Cocaine not included. Pablo Escobar. Oh, perfect. Bravo. Bravo. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.